You're listening to Charleston's retirement coach, Brandon Bowen. The winter games have wrapped up in Beijing. Did you watch any of it, Brandon? No, not real. I think what happened to the, you? <laughs> I'm a summer Olympics guy. Uh, yeah, you know? it's a southern thing, yeah. I, I like warm. I get <laughs> it's, it. It's so cold. You know, I watched some of the figure skating. I mean, it was on and, you know, I'll flip it on and just, it's amazing. I, yeah. sl- I can't ice skate at all. I can't either. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> so, so I appreciate that skill there, yep. but, uh, you know, I did not watch anything. <laughs> well, I was into the snowboarding because I was wanting to watch mm. Sean White, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. flying tomato, 35 years old. This is his last Olympics. I was really, really hoping he was going to medal. He didn't, he missed it just by mm. a few points. He got fourth place in the end, but I mean... No doubt, like one of the most incredible Olympic careers. He basically invented the snowboarding sport for the games. Yes. Did you read this article, though, about the medalists, the prize money that they earn from Uh medaling? Did you see that? For United States, a gold medal earns the athlete $37,000. Silver medalists get about twenty two grand. Bronze medalists get about $15,000. But wait, there's more. Apparently, the United States is one of the lower paying countries for medal winners. Really? Yeah. So there's cash? There's a cash award, but okay. then in other countries, this one, Malaysia, apparently, if you win a gold medal, $238,000 and oh. a lifetime monthly allowance of $1,200. So they get a pension. Whoa. <laughs> that's, that's a whole new way to think about God. becoming a professional athlete, I mm-hmm. guess, in Malaysia anyway. Golly. Well, I mean, because they're never going to sell those precious metals, Ooh. you know, the the actual hardware they Ooh. get, you know, they're going to keep that. That's yep. probably most valuable. Right. But so, yeah, so they need a little cash and because most of them don't have sponsors. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm all about that. I mean, so much hard work. That's right. I think yeah. that it's really great how some of these other countries really rise up for the support of the athletes. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some politics involved there and I do not want to get involved in that conversation. Please <laughs> do not at me as the kids say today. Uh-huh. Yeah. But it brings up an interesting point, thinking about how somebody can work so hard their whole life towards one goal, Hmm. creating this dream for themselves, and then getting to a certain place. And if you haven't properly planned for yourself financially, things can really take a turn for the worse. (laughs) Thinking about the area of life that you help your clients with, Brandon, and taking all that money they work so hard to earn and save for their retirement years And you have to ask yourself, will your budget change after you leave the working world behind? Probably, but not necessarily the way that you think it's going to. S. Catherine Roy, a strategist for J.P. Morgan, she was saying some people spend even more in retirement than they did when they were still working. In the first several years after retirement, it's often an active time when you've got capital and you have time and health and the ability to do things you wanted to do. So I think people need to really fine-tune their spending assumptions as they get close to retirement. Using 80% of pre-retirement income before retirement as a general rule of thumb is a good, I think, proxy, but getting smarter about how spending actually evolves when they're closer to retirement is important. She made some really good points there, this idea of being young and active and healthy in your early years of retirement. Brandon, when you are working with your clients, how do you help them decide how much they can safely withdraw Mm. without them having to lie awake at night stressing about running out of money? Yeah. So we have to work backwards. We we have to, you know, kind of work ourselves into that number right there. So what we do know when people come in is I, I say, okay, I need you to put together pen to paper, pencil to paper and come up with a budget. Come up with what your expenses are. You know, a lot of times people have not had that on paper and looked at what their expenses and their budget currently is, except back when you first started working. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. 
because it's probably been okay. Things aren't very tight. You're making good money. You've paid down some stuff. So you haven't really had to watch your dollars and count your pennies and things. So yeah, you know, you've got to take a look at how much do we need each month in retirement there. But like she said, yes, a lot of people think they're going to spend less in retirement. But I, I argue, I say, no, let's see if we can spend the same thing okay. in retirement. Take yep. no reduction because you're not going to a job from nine to five where you're stuck. <laughs> now you're you're free. You can travel. You can Lunch do things out with the ladies every afternoon. Yes, that'll add up. I'm <laughs> yeah, going to tell you, you know, I know. I know well, you go around and, you you know, it's uh, 15, 20 dollars every every lunch. And, at uh, least. you know, at least that. Yeah. So we've got to plan on that income or the income you're going to need is maybe at least 100% of what you had coming in during your working years. So what I like to say, a good number for everyone to kind of do some quick math here is let's take maybe if you've saved 15 times what your annual pay is, okay, your gross annual pay, multiply that times 15. All right. So that's a good number. So for example, let's say you're bringing in $75,000 gross. Okay. Maybe it's a couple, maybe individual 75,000 gross times 15. I did the math here. That is a little over $1.1 million. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you've saved 15 times your annual pay, I would say, Hey, you're getting pretty close to where we can start really trying to design that income plan and let it be very comfortable for you and where you can not take a pay cut to retire. Okay. Okay, So all you want to think about is I'm, I've got a new employer now. Okay. Okay, It's no longer uh, Boeing or the state of South Carolina. If you're a teacher, whatever, you know, you're no longer still working for them. Your, your employer is your 401k or your IRA, right? The amount of money that you've saved. Right. So that's what we want to look at here. And so when the key to achieving this, uh, that consistent income there, the key to doing that is reducing your market risk. Okay. Very simple. So if you've got that 1.1 million or maybe 1.5 million saved and it's been bouncing all over the place here in 2022, it's been very volatile every week. It seems like it's, you know, these uh, new lows and then it's come back. It's just, you know, it can give you whiplash here. Uh Right. So when we start wanting to set up this plan for retirement, volatility is not your friend. Okay. Your goal for the past two and three decades has been growth, right? You've been investing for growth up and down. When it goes down, you don't like it, but at least you're buying things on sale and then it's come back and that's been all good. Mm -hmm. Uh, So now we need to replace growth with income as our number one goal in retirement. Okay. And it's a complete change in our thought process, isn't it? Because now we have to, for the first time, ignore that big number at the bottom of Mm -hmm. our statement and instead focus on what that number can do for us every single month. Yes. Yeah. So ignore, you know, it looks like 1.5, right? And that looks really enticing. But Uh remember, we've talked about that's not all your money, right? You haven't paid your taxes yet. And, you know, but what the better number to look at is how much income can that portfolio consistently produce? In fact, I've got a client, a widowed lady who called in from the show here. She came in. We've met now twice Mm -hmm. and uh, she's saved really, really well. Her and her late husband, they saved. He passed away and she's uh, 74 years old. And so she came in and, and brought a binder, a big binder of <laughs> the statements. We all have a visual in our head right now. We all have that yes, binder. Please continue. Yes. The big, <laughs> she brought the binder. At least it was three hole punch and she put dividers in there. It was great. Very uh-huh. organized. Uh-huh. And she had, they had saved $6.5 million. Wow. Yes. And I said, 
you know, congratulations. I can see, obviously, a lot of hard work that you both did here. Yeah. You've paid off things. She had her, ex you know, there's like no debt going on. Wow. I mean, beautiful scenario, right? Wow, yeah. But her number one concern to me, she voiced, was running out of money. Hmm. You know, and you're, I bet you're like Which listening. is wild to think about that a woman with $6 million yes. worry about that. Yes, I know. But And she's taking the RMD now, of course, and, and, you know, just doing a few things with the kids and grandkids. But that's her big concern. And that tells me she's been focused on that big number because it's very big. They were very aggressively invested. But the idea of income here was foreign to her. She has they've never seen the portfolio set up to produce, you know, nice, consistent income. to Got them. it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So that's what we did. We, I then went to work and I analyzed all of those holdings and gosh, they were taking massive risk in the wrong tax status. They were growing tax deferred accounts, mm. you know, where they're still paying all of those gains are taxable. They've got individual accounts and 529 accounts for the grandkids. Mm -hmm. And those 529, 75% of it was in bonds and cash. Oh, really? And I'm like, what? What, hang on. These, these accounts over here are for the grandkids, unless they're seniors in high school where they need this money next year. And she's like, no, they're still like in middle school that, you know, and I was like, why are they not invested for growth? Right. You know? Yeah. It was just a big mess. They were, they were pursuing gains in the wrong type of accounts. So what we did is I, I then put together a full plan, a full second opinion talking about, Hey, if we reposition these accounts in these areas here designed for income, you know, then you can have potentially a much better experience. And I said, how does $375,000 a year in income sound? Did her jaw just drop? She, she was just looking at me <laughs> like, you know, and, and uh, the son-in-law was there in the office too. And they were just like three, 375, like, okay, are we being reckless? Number one, right. is that even, can we even do that much? I, she was like, I don't know what I would spend that on. Right. You know, and I was like, we are not being reckless. Because we, we've got three really nice buckets that are designed for low risk, high income, maybe some increasing income there, reducing the fees. I mean, it was what I say, purpose determines placement. Right. Okay. Right. And when you position the money for a purpose there, then you can a lot of times get some really, really nice benefits for that. So if you're listening here and you, that kind of sounds like, Hey, I, you know, maybe you don't have 6.5 million, but maybe you have 650,000. Okay. Mm -hmm. Or a million or whatever. The amount you have is irrelevant because it's it's a lot to you. It's right. everything to you. Okay. And it's so about I creating that. that income with that amount. That's right. So you've got that number here. I want to show you how you can take that and make it now work for you. Follow your marching orders in retirement here. We can take a look at all of your holdings that you have. You know, I'll tell you what you've done that's good what I like about what you've done. And then I'll show you areas where, hey, you, maybe you've got some blind spots or some cracks, you know, in your plan there. So I can show you, hey, here's what I recommend for this bucket, you know, or for these funds. We can take a look at that and build that income plan. Of course, we need to focus on maximizing your social security. If you have a pension or a pension option here, maybe a lump sum or annuitizing it there with your employer. Everybody's got a lot of different scenarios. Everybody's different, a lot of things to consider. And I want to help you make sense and make a nice organized strategy there so that you can have potentially the, the retirement income that you desire. Find out more at bowenwealth.com. 
Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if J. Brandon Bowen is licensed in your state, please call 843-203-2030. J. Brandon Bowen is an investment advisor representative of Bowen Wealth, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. J. Brandon Bowen is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Bowen Wealth LLC, insurance licensed in South Carolina. MarketGuard is a registered investment advisor with the SEC and provides model portfolios only to impact partnership wealth. MarketGuard makes no implied warranties or representations and is not liable for any data presented. 